The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. The Pet Buzz is dedicated to enhancing the bond between pets and their people. Each week, the Pet Buzz provides the latest news and information on how to keep your pets healthy and happy so you can save money and have a fulfilling relationship together. Now, here's your Pet Buzz hosts, Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. Hey, what's up? What's up? What's up, pet lovers? I don't know about you, but I am on Halloween TV tour and I wasn't able to post my pet pics on Facebook or Instagram on Monday because the sites went down or the apps went down for like seven hours. Doc, did you know that three billion people use Facebook worldwide? Yes. I thought it was more than that. I am sure a lot of pet people were unhappy. They couldn't share their content. Yeah. But like I say that to me, that's not that big. I heard something bigger, and that is about your Halloween TV tour. Absolutely. I think people need to understand that this is pretty magnificent. So tell me. Okay, so the Halloween TV tour has already started. It's going really well. So what I do is I virtually stop by via Zoom, Skype, or another program called VMix. And I've already been to Cincinnati, Fox Cincinnati. Uh, and I talked about the different types of costumes that there are. I did a family-friendly uh, Arizona uh, CBS Arizona Family Show. That now, was these are on the morning shows, these right? These are morning shows, pretty okay. much all morning shows. Uh, and that was last week. And then this week, I've already stopped by uh, Fox Washington, D.C., Fox Columbus and Fox Las Vegas. And then over the weekend, I've got NBC WBAL. That's Baltimore. Uh, That's scheduled for Sunday morning. And then next week I have uh, CBS Sacramento. Um, And then Fox Detroit is going to be on the 16th of the month. And then I'm waiting to hear from a few others. And people don't understand the content of your presentation is really magnificent oh and nobody (laughs) nobody can match this nobody in the pet world can match this that's so sweet so that's a big tv tour uh can we see any of the clips yeah well now that facebook is up i I started posting (laughs) uh clips and pictures of the dogs hammy dressed as a werewolf uh church is a country western singer that was fantastic and then this was really cool it was butterfly season in arizona in september and october so they love the fact that Wally was dressed like a butterfly. And then uh, in Washington, I am going to have Hammy dressed like a zebra because, you know, there's zebras running around them <laughs> that that district of Columbia. Anyway, like I said, I'm putting the clips on uh, the Peppa social media channels and on YouTube. Uh, there's great costumes on Instagram and daily uh, Halloween tips and tricks on Twitter. And also the listeners can check out my site. But I think we need to get on with the show. I don't know if you guys knew this, but animal shelters around the country are in crisis. And it's not what we've been told. It's not necessarily because a lot of folks return pets recently as we start moving out of this pandemic. You've heard Mm -hmm. that. That's what's been reported by media outlets. Jessica Arnold's here. She's with Pet Finder, and she's going to tell us some of the contributing factors to why pet shelters are in crisis. And that interview is going to be later on in the show. So you really need to stick around for that. So singer Shakira was recently attacked and stood up to wild boars in Barcelona. 
Find out what we need to know about wild boars in America. You know what I'm talking about, Texas and Florida. Yeah. Certified feline behaviorist Beth Edelman, who is a Pet Buzz Dream Team member, is joining us to talk about cats and the spookiest time of the year. Hey, Beth. Hello. (laughs) Glad you could join us today. Hey, we don't talk about cats enough, and our listeners are clamoring for your content. For her content. So tell us, why are people so spooked by black cats, especially at this time of the year? Well, thank you so much for having me. And, you know, black cats are just symbolic of wonderful things and scary things. <laughs> um, so so early on, the early Egyptians, their, their cat goddess Bast was actually depicted as a black cat. Um, and even today in certain parts, uh, in the northern part of the British Isles, in the Celtic regions, and also in Japan, black cats are considered to be good luck. In fact, in Japan, they believe that if a woman has a black cat, she's going to have a lot of really excellent suitors. Wow. Hmm. I know a few girls who would love to move to Japan <laughs> and, and get, get some suitors. Yeah, I think they would take the black cat with them. So right <laughs> upon their arrival, the juju would be surrounding them. Hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Hmm. Okay. Hmm. So so let's move on and talk about the here and now. I want you to talk about how you can incorporate your cat into the holiday fun. Well, let's start with that. If your cat is sitting on the windowsill on Halloween, you already have your Halloween decorations done, especially if he's black. Yes, but even even if he's not. So there you are. You have your Halloween decorations done. Cat on the windowsill. You're ready. But imagine Beth with her ears and the cat on the windowsill. Mm. And there we are. Right. You could be eating popcorn, like watching the freak show go by. Right. <laughs> kind of cool. And watch well, them look at each other. You know, one of the things that I like to do for Halloween is, I mean, I don't really deck. I decorate the outside. I do a big deal. They're pumpkins aligning my driveway and things over the door. But I also and, you know, I have a pet cemetery outside with all these skeletons and everything. But, you know, one of the things I always like to do is, as you can see in the studio, I have these Halloween bowls and I have beds. And I have all the themed toys because I always think that kind of gets you into the mood. And then it's nice because they get to, you know, they get to change. You get to rotate out the toys based on the holiday or the season. Yeah, that's why some people like to change in seasons. Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. Some people don't want to move to Florida because they don't think there are changes. I like the change of seasons here. It's it's, warm, hot, warm. That's good. So, yeah, so that's kind of how I like to share my my Halloween fun. Well, what what kind of dangers are lurking inside your home that can spoil your Halloween? (laughs) Well, you know, decorations are fun and I love it, too. And and Charlotte, I do what you do. I change the cat toys around based on the season. But there are a couple of things you need to be careful about. The big one is unattended candles. So you so don't want your cat setting your house on fire. That's going to ruin the holiday for you and everyone around you and your cat. You also want to be careful about stringy things like that sort of fake spider webby stuff (laughs) because cats do sometimes get stuck in that, stick their faces in it, lick it, you know, that kind of stuff. Potpourri, sometimes people like that, that 
autumn scent and potpourri that, is lovely pumpkin spice everyone's into that pumpkin spice which i am a fan of i like it in my coffee there i said it but if you're putting out potpourri just put it in something that has a, a lid you know like a, a a perforated lid so that your cats can't eat it a lot of kinds of potpourri are not safe to eat and then the last thing is candy make sure the candy you put out is wrapped because like people think cats don't like chocolate but I've had a couple of cats now that have been into licking chocolate. And as we know, chocolate's dangerous for dogs, also dangerous for cats. Well, I know about the candles firsthand, Dr. Fleck, right? <laughs> I was I just going to mention that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Go ahead. Not just putting the house on fire. <laughs> putting the cat. On. Putting the cat on fire. <laughs> Make sure you locate that candle where the cat can't stick his tail. <laughs> I laugh about it, but uh, I mean, honestly, it, it was really stupid of me. And on and now I don't use candles in the house at all. But it's but it's a good note for for people when they are using candles to recognize. Yeah. And there's some great, you know, they're great Halloween candles. And also, you know, there are also candles um, derived for deodorizing the air in people's mm-hmm. homes. And I mean, I think they're really funky and everything. But once again, as Beth said, you got to keep those located where the cat can right. jump Out on that, fire. What is that? That paw reach? Is that what they say? A paw reach. OK, Beth, we need to take a hard break. You can stick around, can't you, for more of our Halloween cat chat? I'd love to. OK, great. We'll be right back. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Need more buzz? We've got plenty more for you on our social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We call it Pet Buzz Plus. It's the best way for you to engage with like-minded pet lovers everywhere. So remember, Pet Buzz Plus. When your doctor recommended omega fatty acids as a daily supplement, he told you that they promoted better heart, brain, skin, joint, and immune system health. Well, doesn't it make sense for your pet to have the same health benefits? EpiPet Whole Fish Treat, an all-natural smoked fish supplement, is 100% bioavailable, bringing your pets the nutrients they need to keep them healthy and happy. www.epi-pet.com EpiPet is another proud partner of the Pet Buzz. Often should you bathe your pet? Well, I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed, and I'm asked that question often. How often you should wash your dog depends on a number of factors, including his health, breed, coat, and activity level, as well as where these activities are taking place. Dogs who spend days outside rolling in things are going to need a bath far more often than the ones who spend most of their time on the couch. Or you can always take the smell test. If your dog walked into the room and you can smell them, it's time for a bath. Make sure when it's time for a bath, you gather up all the supplies, including a non-slip mat and plenty of towels. Use shampoo formulated for dogs and turn your cell phone off to avoid distraction. And if you have a dog that hates getting a bath, smear some peanut butter on the bathtub wall and let him lick it off while you bathe him. Then he'll know bathing can really be a treat. I want to be a contender. I want a warm belly to sleep on. A big house. How do I look? Do do I look good? I want to play hard. My nails done. Once a month. I want. I want. I want a home. I just want a home. I want someone to love. Last year, more than 30,000 companion animals came to us without homes. 
20,000 of them were felines. Let's make some homes. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Now you know what your dog feels like waiting for you to go on your daily walk. Welcome back to the Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz. Enhancing the bond between pets and their people. Okay, so we're back with Beth Edelman, dream team member here at the Pet Buzz. And Beth was giving some advice about how to, quote unquote, treat your cat for the spookiest time of the year. So here's one for you. And this is really I always get this question after it happens. So with the opening and the closing of the door for the trick or treaters, how can you keep that litter box smelling fresh so that people don't know you have a cat before they can see the cat? Because, you know, you've walked up to someone's door and you can smell that nasty litter box like right even before they open the door, especially in an apartment building. You should never smell your cat's litter box. I have two cats and two litter boxes and people never smell it. It's the same every day of the year, which is that you need to be scooping that box twice a day, at least, at least, and washing it whenever you walk by. If you can smell it even the slightest bit, you need to be dumping everything and washing it. Cats like clean bathrooms. I like a clean bathroom. I'm going to assume you guys like clean bathrooms. Pretty much everybody does. I mean, think about when you go like to the outdoor concert event and the porta potty is there. You don't want to go there, you know, and that's like you don't want your litter box to be a porta potty experience for your cat ever, not just on Halloween. Such analogies. I know. So clear. I mean, I just I mean, you know, I fish sometimes and I also night fish. It's a new thing I picked up and I just cannot go fishing without (laughs) going to the bathroom because I would die to go into one of those bathrooms. Well, the other thing people can do, too, is they can just empty the litter before the trick-or-treaters come. I like our system. We have lots of litter boxes. We fill it up with the minimum amount of litter because we find that the litter gets completely soiled. If you take the whole gallon of litter and dump it in, it always smells. If you put a little in each day, you dump it out. But in our case, it's also different because we have somebody who can clean those litter boxes. Yeah. So that's the benefit of Help in the clinic. Okay, so we've talked about the odor, right? Okay. So we're opening the doors all the time. So with the opening and closing of the front doors on Halloween night, how can cat owners prevent kitty door dashers? Okay, so that's that's a serious problem. And if your cat gets out, especially at night, you can't see her. There's a lot of people out. There's a lot of commotion. Your cat's going to be terrified and hide. That is a very serious problem. So I'm so glad you brought it up. I really think if you're going to be having your door opening and closing a lot, or you're going to be holding the door open, chatting with the kids, handing them candy and that, I think the safest thing on earth is to put your cat in another room and close the door. And here's the thing, make it a treat, a trick or treat for your cat as well. So get like a big food puzzle or a box with um, toys in it and stuff and throw a handful of treats in there. So your cat can have a really good time foraging for treats while the trick-or-treaters are coming. So your cat gets the trick-or-treat as well in total safety. That's what I think. I like that. But I'm going to tell you one other thing. I know I interrupted you. 
I can tell now you could tell more or less Beth's age by a comment she made. <laughs> you know what she said? She said, well, you're going to be talking to the trick or treaters. What mm-hmm. trick or treaters talk now? They just grab the candy out of your hand and jump in their mother's car. Well, maybe <laughs> but some might back in my day, some might say trick or treat. Back in my day, you had to kind of, quote unquote, tap dance. Right. You had to be like, oh, this is a, this costume. And thank you. And trick or treat in UNICEF. Remember that? Yeah, but I got to tell Beth, you know, I, I agree with what, what you just said about putting him in a separate room, keeping the door shut and have something in there to try to keep them occupied. But probably that won't happen. They'll probably be crying the entire time that those children that are coming by to pick up their treats. So you just have to be able to understand you have to put up with the crying because you'll be crying if they escape out the door. What about harness and a leash? Well, that's going to make it even worse, right, Beth? Well, if your cat is leash and harness trained, I think that can be a great solution. But Halloween night is not the first time to put a leash and harness on your cat and then expect that they're going to stand patiently by the door. That's something that you need to train them to do. And like I said, it can be really fun, too. But I do think Put your cat in another room, but give them something fun that involves treats for them to do so that they don't get distressed. Yeah. Turn on the TV and mute the noise. OK, last question, because we got to wrap this up. Beth, what advice can you offer cat parents who have inside outside cats? I think on Halloween, you keep your cat inside. And that's because I am sorry to say that the world is full of crazy people who think it's funny to do stuff, not nice stuff to cats on Halloween. So please just on this one night, keep your cat indoors. Wonderful, wonderful suggestion. That's why she's a dream team. member. That's why she's a dream team member. Beth, thanks for stopping by. So come back soon, please. We need your great feline advice over the holidays. Yeah, definitely. I'd love to. Well, you're right about that, Dr. Fleck. Beth is awesome. (laughs) Bye. Or should I say meow? Bye. Bye. So just to remind you guys, that was certified feline behaviorist Beth Edelman talking about Halloween and cats. Beth's website is edelman.wix.com. And that's W-I-X-S-I-T-E dot com slash cat behavior. Ever wonder what goes on inside the Pet Buzz studio? We post full length video versions of all of our guests on our YouTube channel. That's the way it has to be. That's the way I like it. It's genius. I like it. I love it so much. I like it. It's to die for. I like it. Well, I'm not sure you'll agree, but not everybody wants to use CBD to calm their pets or relieve pet anxiety during the spookiest time of the year. Some pet owners, I think, are really looking for herbal remedies like Al Zoo's calming collars for dogs and cats. The Alzu anti-stress collars are a practical solution to calm your dog and cat in a natural, but here's the cool thing, non-toxic way. So for cats, once it's attached to your pet, it releases the natural essential oils of Nepocatatoria containing a substance called Nepotalactone, well known for its calming properties in cats. And for the pooch, same thing, once it's attached to your pooch's neck, it releases natural extracts of valerian and lavender, both well known for their canine calming properties. So that you know, these specific natural extracts for dogs and cats are incorporated 
in a polymer matrix through patented technology to diffuse regularly and immediately from the opening of the bag. And they last up to about four weeks. The company also makes calming sprays and plugins to reduce your pet's anxiety. To Actually, it's to reduce your and your pet's anxiety. So that way you're not worried about your pet. So these calming collars can be found at the All Zoo website at allzoo-vet.com. Interesting, don't you think, Dr. Fleck? Very interesting. Yeah. Very helpful. Yeah, definitely helpful. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Now, here's another treat for you from Pet Buzz Plus. Pet Buzz Plus. Hi, this is Barbara from Clear Lake, Iowa, here to tell you about my great little Portuguese podango named Gobi. He's my internal compass when I work too long, and he's a great little traveler. He's also a great cuddler. We love listening to the Pet Buzz. We're kind of like your pet. We love being social on Pet Buzz Plus. Pet Buzz Plus. Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? EpiPet to the rescue. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, epi-pet.com. EpiPet is another proud partner of the Pet Buzz. Hi, I'm Brad Garrett. The investigation of the Humane Society of the United States exposed the link between pet stores and puppy mills. Large puppy mill operations were busted in Maine, Oklahoma, Texas, and Virginia. Bottom line, puppy mills are cruel and their puppies are often sick. So do yourself a favor and go to your local shelter for your next dog. You'll get an inoculated, already fixed dog for almost nothing. So you'll not only save some money, but you'll also save a life. I'm Petronology Charlotte Reed with a healthy pet, healthy you tip. There are many reasons that you might have to shelter at home with your pets, such as unsafe air quality, dangerous roads, and or high winds and flying debris, but you have to be prepared. So here are some suggestions. Make sure your pet's inside. If it's unsafe for you to be outside, it's unsafe for him too. Know the location of your pet's emergency go bag. It should have already been stocked with extra food, water, first aid kit, and other essentials your pet needs. Take your pet with you to a room that's safe. The room's location is based on whether you are sheltering from a hurricane, earthquake, tornado, flood, or blizzard. If there's a wildfire, it's best to take your pet and leave the premises immediately. Bring a battery-operated radio to ensure that you can get updates from emergency officials, even if the power goes out and your phone or internet connection or down. If time allows, move your pet's favorite bed or blanket to your safe room so that you can make him as comfortable as possible until the threat passes. Since pets can get restless if cooped up inside in one room, bring items to keep them engaged, such as toys, games, and learning activities. Make sure your pet has a place to relieve himself. Keeping puppy pee pads on hand can be useful for this purpose, as can potty training your dog to go indoors. Have a few disposable litter boxes for cats, too. Make sure to have cleaning supplies on hand in case of an accident. Keep your pet away from the windows. Debris may be flying around during a storm due to high winds. 
In fact, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention says that flying debris is the most common cause of injury during a hurricane. Be ready for you and your pet to leave at a moment's notice. Keep your dog's leash, crate, or carrier, and any necessarily travel gear near the exit. This is pet trendologist Charlotte Reed with a healthy pet, healthy you tip. Stay safe. Welcome back to the Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz, enhancing the bond between pets and their people. And now, Pet Buzz news from around the globe. Okay, Doc and I are back. And this week, I am going to combine the global pet news with celebrity pet news because I found this really fascinating. So here we go. So listed on the World Conservation Union's most invasive species list is the wild boar. And this is what's so interesting. Wild boars do great in just about any environment from semi-arid plains to alpine forests, marshy grasslands, but more and more they're drawn to guess what? City life around the world. So here's what they say. There are more than 10 million wild boars across the continent. Now I'm talking Europe. And why is that, Dr. Flock? Do you know? No. They're heading to cities because they're attracted to trash piles in the streets. And why is that? It's because of deforestation, meaning we're moving ourselves out into right. the... But here's the thing. Basically, these wild boars are getting free meals off the streets of big cities. Okay. So you find them in Barcelona, Berlin, Houston, Rome, and Hong Kong. Somebody, a police officer shot a wild boar right outside Vatican City. I was shocked when I heard that. So these groups of these boars have been roaming around the streets all hours of the day and night. Now, here's the celebrity aspect of this whole combination of global pet news and celebrity pet news. Shakira was with her son and she recently met up with a group of wild boars while she was in Barcelona's Casarola National Park, which looms over Barcelona. And in 2016 in Barcelona, they received over 1,100 phone calls reporting the animals attacking dogs, holding up traffic. Can you believe that? And also injuring people. So Shakira in an Instagram post wrote that her and her son were attacked by a pair of wild boars in the park and the boars took her bag into the woods with her mobile phone. <laughs> now, me, I would have let him take the phone and the five hundred dollar bag or whatever it was or the knapsack. She went after them. She confronted the boars to get her bag and her phone. Now, experts, you can imagine, don't recommend doing no, this. Absolutely no, not. No, they tell you to remain calm. Back away slowly, look for higher ground, like a boulder, a car, something like that. But most importantly, you have to keep your footing because boars can charge and their whole strategy is to knock you off your ground. And then they'll stick one of their tusks in you. And a lot of times when you get attacked by a wild boar, you find that the injuries happen in the lower part of your body, whether you end up dying, getting maimed or getting badly wounded. Here's the thing, and this is what you'll find most interesting, and I'm sure you know this. They carry all sorts of nasty diseases. Mm -hmm. Tuberculosis, hepatitis E, I've never heard of hepatitis E, and influenza A, you can explain that later. They also cause thousands of accidents on the road that result in serious injury for drivers. Now, here's what I thought was really interesting. So the reason I'm telling you this is because if you are planning on taking a vacation to the continent, if you're going to Europe, you might as well check with your travel agent, the hotel 
and the local consulate to find out if there are any boars running around in those cities. I mean, Rome, millions of people go to Rome every year, especially in the summertime. Berlin, Barcelona is a fabulous place. Great food, great activity, massive library. Okay, but this is what I found most really the most intriguing thing about this story. I heard about all these wild boars running around. There are tons of boars attacks in the United States. Absolutely. I had no idea. I was just going to bring that up. We live on the coast of Florida. Uh huh. The middle part of Florida is is filled with trees and swamps and <laughs> and boars. And boars. And and when I talked about deforestation, I just meant that our cities are moving more inward because there's no place to go on the on the waterfronts anymore. So as they go inward more, they 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 contact and come interacting with. The wild animals. I mean, boars I are the wild animals. Right. I understand bears, but boars. So, so well, there's a lot of boar hunting in Florida, just like there is in mm. Texas. But we don't want to boar hunt when you have your domestic pet that's going outside in the backyard because you've moved more towards the middle part of the state. Right. And all of a sudden, your your pet, your your larger breed of dog in particular, is is gored by a boar. That comes into your backyard. Yeah. So that is not a totally unusual thing to happen. Wow. So this is not an, an, an unusual uh, article just, that you're really discussing. Right. I was just so surprised. I mean, I've been to all of these European cities. I, you know, back in the day, it's been a while. Um, and to see my family. And I, I was just shocked that there are boars, so many boars running around Europe. And even here. I mean, even here, I mean, right. so close. When I when I was first practicing here 30 years ago, 35 years ago, uh, there weren't as many veterinarians. And so uh, at that time, I used to treat a lot of the dogs that were bored wow. from the from the hunters that went boar hunting. And uh, we don't do that now as much because there's more veterinarians that are more towards the interior that I'm sure get an opportunity, a bad opportunity to have to treat them. But yes, this 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 can be a problem. Yeah. Well, anyway, we got to wrap this up because I got to hear what you're going to be up to. So you're going to tell me in what's up, Doc. Right. Yep. You are listening to the Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Hey, I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed, and research shows walking at least a half an hour every day can reduce a person's risk for heart disease and other serious illnesses. So regular walking is a great way to live a long and happy life. For most dogs, an hour of physical activity each day is necessary and will help them lead healthier lives free of disease. Walking a dog does not only have a physical benefit, there are plenty of psychological benefits for both the dog and the owner. There are so many smells, sights, and sounds in the outdoors that a dog is mentally stimulated every time he or she walks out the front door. Taking a dog on a walk will also help to solidify the strong bond between you and your animal. Give your dog some positive attention by doing what he or she loves. Take your dog out for a neighborhood walk today. Need more buzz? We've got plenty more for you on our social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We call it Pet Buzz Plus. It's the best way for you to engage with like-minded pet lovers everywhere. So remember, Pet Buzz Plus. Pet buzz Plus. Pet buzz Plus. Pet buzz Plus. Pet buzz Plus.
Welcome back to the Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz, enhancing the bond between pets and their people. So I'm looking forward to bringing on our next guest. And as I said in the intro to the show, did you know that U.S. shelters are in crisis? Well, our next guest is going to tell us why. So joining us is Jessica Arnold. Jessica is manager of Pet Finder Shelter Partner Engagement at Purina. That's a lot. That's a big title. I mean, it's a big title. Okay. So, Jessica, welcome back to the Pet Buzz. Thank you so much for having me. It's really great to be here. You know, the last time you were here, we were talking about less adoptable pets. Yeah. So talk to us about why are shelters in crisis right now? Well, I mean, there are a number of factors, but the main um, thing that we're seeing at PetFinder is that there's about 40% more pets available for adoption today compared to this time last year. So on PetFinder, um, in summer 2020, we had about 130,000 pets available for adoption on the site on any given day. Um, right now, that's over 240,000 pets available for adoption. So you can tell it's a dramatic increase. Um, the other thing is that that demand for adoption that was so high during the pandemic has now dropped back to kind of pre-pandemic levels. So there's not as much of demand for pets as there was last year. Wow. I mean, I can imagine everyone went crazy adopting pets because they were confined, they were alone, whether they lived in the suburbs, rural or the city. They wanted to have a friend and pets were like a lifeline. So does that mean that the shelters are packed, that, that there's no room in the shelter for additional pets? It absolutely does. I mean, there is um, an overcrowding issue across the U.S. And we have um, many shelter partners that have reported that they are full um, and that means that they are limited in what other help they can provide and how many more pets they can take in. You know, it's really interesting, Jessica, because so many outlets have reported that shelters are in crisis. And one of the reasons is because animals have returned pets that they adopted during the pandemic. Is mm -hmm. this true or can you talk about some of the other factors that need to be considered? There are a lot of other factors that you do have to consider. So at Purina and PetFinder, we work with some of the top shelters across the U.S., the, uh, groups like San Diego Humane Society, Michigan Humane, and right in our own backyard, Humane Society of Missouri. These shelters have seen similar increases in pet intake, but it's not necessarily due to pets that were adopted during the pandemic. Um, that's just too much of a simplification. When COVID first hit in 2020, there was across the US in many states, a moratorium that was placed on spay neuter activities. So those pets that would typically come into the shelter and um, have a spay neuter procedure performed um, were now instead remaining out in the community and reproducing. And so what we're seeing now come into the shelter are pets that have um, reproduced while out in the environment. Um, when you add that on to the trends that I mentioned earlier of the adoption demand de decreasing and intake increasing, um, what you're seeing is really just some opposing factors that are in play. Uh, as, as shelters are kind of bursting at the seams, if there are people out there right now who are a little bit on the fence or have been thinking about adopting but aren't sure if now is the right time, we're encouraging you to take a chance, do your research, learn about bringing a new pet into your home. And if you feel the time is right, now is the time absolutely to, to take that plunge and bring that pet into your home because it will have 
a real impact on a shelter's ability to bring another pet then into the shelter and provide care. You're listening to the Pet Buzz. Dr. Fleck and I are speaking with Pet Finders Jessica Arnold about why U.S. shelters are in crisis. You had a question, Dr. Fleck. I do. So do natural disasters like the recent Louisiana hurricane, West Coast wildfires, do these all contribute to the the rise of displaced animals? Absolutely. You are spot on. We see natural disasters cause a ripple effect throughout the country. So things like Hurricane Ida, which created the flooding um, in Louisiana and throughout the East Coast, has, has really contributed to the rise in displaced animals. The wildfires in the West create devastating effects for animals. Um, who are either having to be very quickly removed from their environment or shelters and rescues have to go in after the fact and try and identify and rescue pets that were left behind in the hurried rush to get to safety. Natural disasters create a ripple effect because um, there are transportation routes throughout the U.S. where groups have paired up with others Um, in other destinations and have created avenues for pets that are in a place with a particularly low adoption demand to move into areas where there is a higher adoption demand. And so that makes it possible for shelters to move pets through the system and find more homes for pets. Um, When natural disasters occur, those destination shelters fill up with pets that are already around them. Um, And very often pets that will return to their home but need temporary care. And so what that does is it creates bottlenecks. Those transport routes then cannot move animals into high adoption demand because the demand is quickly suppressed because of the natural disaster. Yeah, that's true. I mean, so many shelters, a lot of times before a natural disaster, they're trying to clear out the shelters and move them out somewhere else only to have intake of pets from the community. But then again, once people lose their home, they're devastated. A lot of them just decide that quickly they cannot care for a pet and leave them at the shelter or the pet owner wants the pet back, but is not prepared for two or three weeks to go and get that pet. And any type of euthanasia or any type of movement with pets end up uh, being stopped because they know that there are community pets that have homes that just ended up being casualties of those natural disasters. Mm-hmm. You know, the exactly. worst is fryers because a lot of times they don't find that they spend a lot of time looking for those animals, especially, you know, out in the suburbs or the wo- really the wooded areas. And a lot of the mm-hmm. resources go into looking for pets. Yes. Well, anyway, I, I'm curious because this is the one thing I've been finding out on a daily basis. The overall, I guess, contributing factor of what we now call pandemic economics. How mm-hmm. has that affected shelters and their staffs? It's been very difficult on shelters and shelter staff. So there were many shelters that were forced to close temporarily or even permanently um, because of lack of funding during the onset of covid Uh, resources were limited, personnel was strained. And in instances where shelters did survive that onset of COVID, they had to reduce their staffing levels. They simply did not have the funding available to maintain staffing when they did not have animals to care for or did not have donations coming in as, you know, donors quickly shifted their support and their resources. So, 
PetFinder noted a decrease of approximately 800 shelters that were on our site in 2020 that are no longer on our site in 2021. So we know that there are fewer shelters handling more pets than before. And what that does for staff is it creates an emotional burden. They have many employees in the shelters have never experienced pets at this population level coming in. Um, and there's already really high turnover in the animal welfare industry. It, these are highly emotional, physically demanding positions. And um, burnout is a real thing. So when you have this kind of highly emotional role and you have new employees with very limited experience, um, it's really traumatic for people. And it is very difficult for them to stick it out in the long term in these environments. Well, you know, Jessica, it's time for a break. Uh, can you stick around? Because I really want to keep talking about this important topic. Uh, Doc and I have a lot more questions. Absolutely. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We know people love their dogs and many like to take them everywhere to lunch, to work, shopping. But dogs are only welcome in places where they behave. Our very own etiquette and pet trendologist Charlotte Reed discusses decorum for every occasion in her book, Miss Fido Manners, complete book of dog etiquette. She provides tips for behaving at home and on the street, eating in or going out. Plus, extending pet courtesy to others in places of business, being mindful of others while traveling, and treating veterinarians, pet sitters, and dog groomers with respect. With Miss Fido Manners, pet owners can learn how to behave appropriately in all kinds of situations. Miss Fido Manners from pet trendologist Charlotte Reed on Amazon. According to the American Animal Hospital Association and the American College of Veterinary Dermatology, pets need sunscreen too. EpiPet Sun Protector, the only FDA-approved pet sunscreen on short-haired, light-colored, hairless, golden retrievers, and other dogs susceptible to skin cancer. Contained in a sports bottle, EpiPet allows you to turn the bottle upside down, making it easier to spray your dog all over to protect your dog from the sun all day and every day. Epi-Pet.com EpiPet is another proud partner of the Pet Buzz. They call me Prince like I'm royalty or something. But the places I've lived ain't no palaces. So I don't need grilled salmon or a new scratching post. Just give me a cardboard box and a can of tuna and we're good. You can even change my name. I'm cool being the kitty formerly known as Prince. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Now, here's another treat for you from Pet Buzz Plus. Pet Buzz Plus. Hi, I'm Maria from California, and I'm a listener of the Pet Buzz. I love my dog, Lily the Labradoodle, so much because we have a blast together, hiking, going to the beach, and even shopping for her toys and treats. Life would be so boring without her. And I'm so excited to tell all you Pet Buzz listeners about my dog, Lily. We're kind of like your pet. We love being social on Pet Buzz Plus. Pet Buzz Plus. We're back and you're listening to the Pet Buzz. Dr. Fleck and I are speaking with Pet Finders, Jessica Arnold, about why U.S. shelters are in crisis. You had a question, Dr. Fleck. You mentioned you have 800 shelters not on mm -hmm. the roll now. How many do yeah. you have on your rolls? 
So PetFinder has um, 11,500 shelters and rescues that post pets for adoption on site. Wow, that was about 10% then. Yeah, and also you have to think about this too, is that some of those donors in those local areas who would contribute have now moved away because they no longer want to live in the States. And then you also think, you know, with the Delta Lambda variant of COVID, people still have to maintain social distancing. And then the other thing is we now know the effects of COVID on pets. Workers have to be tested more because we know that people can give COVID to dogs and cats. And even though dogs can't spread it to dogs, cats can spread it to cats. So that's another huge economic burden of, you know, buying COVID tests for workers. I mean, perfect example of that is what just happened at the Smithsonian. The tigers at the Smithsonian are sick. Well, in the Bronx Zoo scenario, they knew that an asymptomatic worker had given the lions and tigers COVID. But in the scenario now that exists at the National Zoo, they don't know. So those can be more expenses. Yeah, um, that shelters can incur. So it's re- it really is a very impact. This this pandemic has become a very impactful situation on so many levels. And I'm I'm so glad that Jessica's here to talk about that. Yeah, I, I, I think I just read where the Akron Zoo had four of their lions mm-hmm. that have just contacted the COVID. They think it came from the handlers. Yeah, well, I have one more one more question that's intriguing for our, our listeners. The inconsistency that I'm beginning to see at the shelters when they're adopting out the pets, have they changed their policies that they don't sterilize the pets before they're adopted out? Or is it just because of COVID that things are confusing? I practice in Miami also, and I'm seeing some of the shelters there don't require that before they're adopted. So that's an interesting observation. Our observations have been that the spay-neuter moratorium was temporary just until kind of personal spacing issues were worked through and timing of services were mapped out, but that those spay-neuter activities are returning to normal, especially in light of the fact that we're seeing a population boom in the community. That said, um, we know that there are instances throughout the U.S. where funding has not returned to enable those spay-neuter activities to go on. So there are pockets like what you're seeing in your area where some shelters and rescues are not financially able to provide those spay-neuter services to their pets. At PetFinder, we require all of our shelters and rescues to commit to spaying or neutering all eligible pets prior to adoption. Um, because we just believe and know that that is one of the best ways to control pet overpopulation and thereby reduce euthanasia. Jessica, I have one last question, and I think uh, this really will appeal to our viewers, our listening audience. What can animals lovers do to help pets and shelters? Adopt. Um, we really encourage families that feel like this might be the time to take that plunge. Just educate yourselves, know what it takes to bring a new pet into the home and, you know, learn ways that you can create a lifelong bond with that pet. Um, we want we want all adoptions to be successful. So we're not suggesting that people rush into the decision, but if it's in the back of your mind, adopt. If you're not able to adopt, fostering or volunteering at a shelter is an incredible way to help. And it is very much needed right now. In addition to adoption levels falling to pre-pandemic rates, 
Fostering has also fallen to pre-pandemic rates. So now is a great time to give it a test run. And there are a lot of shelters that are doing foster to adopt programs that allow people kind of undecided to do a test drive. Um, most shelters provide the medical care and the food and medications and veterinary care for pets that are being fostered. So it's a very kind of, it's a commitment of your time and your love, but it, it would not be a financial commitment at this time. The third thing that you can do is donate. You can donate financially, you can donate your expertise, you can donate supplies, food, training, transport services, help those shelters at the local level. They really need your help right now. What's important, I think, is that we're trying to alert our pet lovers out there that there is a crisis right now. Sure. And maybe is. they can focus their attention over the next few months in the holidays to maybe help out, as Jessica has, has suggested, whether it's time for you to adopt, time for you to contribute in any way that you can help now would really be helping the pet population. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Jessica, thank you for coming and sharing that crisis information today. It was really, really helpful. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate your time. Whether you're young or whether you're a senior, try to get some friends together. You know, one of the things I did last year when we had uh, the Christmas party, everyone, I told everyone not to bring a gift, to bring money so we can donate it to the local shelters here or get friends together who have pets and see if they have any old toys or crates or cages. Yes. Yes. Delivering it yes. So anyway, if you want to learn more about this topic, all the information is on petfinder.com. So I want to end today's show with something good. News of the day got you down? No worries. Pet trendologist Charlotte Reed is here with Tell Me Something Good. This is a necessity like air and oxygen. Tell me something good. So check this story out. A woman in the United Kingdom says she was shocked to discover that her beloved pet dog was totally blind. It had been his entire life. According to her, she'd been living with this animal for almost a year. She adopted it and hadn't noticed his condition. Her name is Jane Dows, and she said that her border colleague, Dave, didn't seem to have trouble, quote unquote, seeing it all. She said that he never seemed to struggle walking. He would step around puddles. It wasn't until someone noticed that Dave stumbled over a step at a pet shop that someone suggested that she have his eyes checked. I mean, he jumped into the car. He ran around that. She'd call him when he, and he would come. She had no idea. So she decided to have his, his eyes checked out. And after taking him to the vet, now this is the wonder. It was discovered that he was completely blind. <laughs> but here's the thing. It's not like it happened suddenly. His retinas never developed. He had been unable to see since birth. So additionally, she spoke to Dave Williams, a top ophthalmologist from Cambridge University. And he described Dave's ability to move around the world without bumping into anything as a medical mystery. It just goes to show you this story helps you see <laughs> that special needs dogs can enhance any life, just like any other dog. We know that they have special senses like the olfactory senses. Mm -hmm. maybe, and hearing. And maybe they have some hearing sound, maybe like the bats. I do know. I mean, if you're blind, you tend to rely on your other senses, like you said. So maybe Dave would hear people walking in puddles. Or hear the rain. Or he could smell it. Or he could smell it through the ionization. What about the furniture? 
I guess he got to know where things are. Maybe does, he did it when she wasn't home. Does this mean she doesn't have any furniture? <laughs> I'm sure she has. Or, or she doesn't she move her furniture. She took a Cambridge ophthalmologist. That cost bent, baby. Maybe, maybe she doesn't move her furniture when she vacuums. You can just vacuum under. They have all those vacuums that lie flat now. Oh. You, maybe she's like Superwoman. She lifts it up and then, you know, where the yeah, legs yeah, are. Yeah. But I just thought yeah. that was amazing. We know the amazingness of Our the other senses of, right. of the past. And we know the amazingness. I don't even know if that's a word. The amazingness of we just the awesomeness. It. The awesomeness of dogs. Yes. So that's how I want to end the show. Something good. Something to think about. So don't hesitate if there's a dog that's deaf or a dog. Maybe that's blind. He could still be a fantastic pet. Just like I'm going to call this dog Davy Baby, just like Davy Baby. I have a large number of pets that have these kind of defects in the practice. They're loved. They love. It's it's marvelous. I wouldn't say de- let's call them special needs. OK. Well, Dr. Fleck, it's always too soon to wrap the show. What? Before we go, it's time. we want to give you a preview of next week's show. OK. So next week, we're talking with Dr. Ray Kaplan about hookworms and new developments in his research. A real problem these real days. Real problem. It's mm-hmm. hard to get rid of those suckers. Mm-hmm. And of course, we're talking to Dr. Tina Wismer about Halloween dangers. As we get closer to the holiday, there's some things that you need to think about. Okay, before we go, Dr. Fleck, can you thank our guests? Special thanks to our guests, Beth Edelman and Jessica Arnold. Of course, we must always thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin coat and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. Shampoos, skin and coat sprays, sunscreen, ear cleaner and supplements for your dogs and cats most importantly remember we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets peace out and pet love goodbye thanks for listening to the pet buzz with pet trendologist charlotte reed and dr michael fleck the pet buzz is dedicated to enhancing the bond between pets and their people if you and your pets need even more buzz we're online at thepetbuzz.com and our social media channels pet buzz plus the best way for you to engage with like-minded pet lovers everywhere i used to move a lot But then one day, the human said I could stay. They say a lot of words like no and don't chew on that. And sometimes brother and sister get mad at me for pulling their tail or biting their ears. But at the end of the day, when I snuggle up with Mr. Piggy, it's good to know I have a home. Make a dog's day. Adopt. So I'm a cat, and I just moved in with this new human. And she's got this little toy she's always playing with all day long. Tap, 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 bloop, bloop. She can't put it down. There it is. Oh, and get this. She even talks to it. Last week, she asked it for Chinese. And guess what? Egg rolls showed up like magic. Humans have cool toys. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org.